Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 25th of November. And as anybody who's been a member for long will know, we have an expression which says, if you ever find yourself standing up at the desk, punching the air, sell. Well, we're not selling today, but we're certainly punching the air. The market this morning, after going up 83 yesterday, has been up 69 again this morning. And the headlines don't really get any better. Dow Jones up 455 through 30,000 for the first time. Positive vaccine news, 6.4 million doses are going to be ready or approved by U.S. officials before the end of the year. Case numbers plateauing in the U.S. and plummeting in Europe. Have a look at the charts in the strategy piece today. Absolutely coming off in countries like France and the U.K., which is a huge relief, no doubt, to the politicians there, and that's before a vaccine. Other headlines include the presidential transition finally beginning, which removes a, it was one of the major market risks, I suppose, if it had blown up, but that was a lingering risk, which seems to have been removed overnight. The Newswire's interesting expression coming through now, pandemic peak coming soon, the pandemic peak. Well, that's certainly what the market's anticipating. The oil price up another 3.9% overnight and the sector up 5% in the US as oil demand rises and the energy sector flying along again today got origin up 4.4%, Woodside up 3.3%. Talk about the US relief package compromise being possible. I think once a transition is in place, both sides of politics in the US will start to work a little bit less confrontationally, hopefully. And a relief package is obviously top of their agenda. Janet Yellen's appointment as Treasury Secretary was well received. They used to talk about Fed governors being hawks or doves. Well, Janet Yellen, when she took over, was known as the chicken. She never did anything, which is, from the stock market point of view, pretty desirable. Meanwhile, more domestically, the Victorian budget sees positive spending plans with unavoidable debt to be expected, but read well, I would say, and infrastructure in particular, one of the bigger beneficiaries. Queensland opening its borders to Victoria this morning. Travel stocks flying along again today. Webjet was up 8%, now up 5 Got Flight Centre up 3.8%. Qantas up 2.1%. Hello World up 4.6%. Ardent Leisure up 7%. Meanwhile, U.S. house prices were up 6.6%, better than expected. Tesla hits $500 billion market cap. Elon Musk, second richest in the world, passes Bill Gates. And I've got a chart of the VIX volatility index. And there is a sort of band that it trades in during a bull market. It is back in the band. Still high, but back in the band. It really doesn't look to get... Doesn't Sorry, it doesn't get to look much better than this. Recovery sectors, which we're positioned in flying along today, reach energy travel. And the sectors that have been pandemic beneficiaries, technology in particular, coming off today, APT off 2%, Zero 3.1%, Next DC 4.7%, Appen 3.9%, Kogan 3.7%, and Motor Stocks, AMA down 5.7%, ARB down 3.9%. A lot of the stocks that were flying along during the pandemic just cooling off now. I wouldn't suggest there's any great reason to be selling them. But if you're looking for performance, there's probably more upside elsewhere. And along those lines, I have 
done a lot of spreadsheet work this morning and reproduced those old tables that we were using quite prolifically in the rebound in April and May to show how far stocks had fallen and how far they had bounced. And today I have reproduced tables of the top 50, the next 50, and then the next 100. So covering the top 200 stocks, showing how far stocks have fallen in the initial post-pandemic sell-off, how far they bounced from the post-pandemic low to now, and how far they'd have to rise to get back to their February high. Now, I know the February high is not a reference point, And I wrote this week about anchoring and how soft-brained it is to use the price you paid or a, a big round number or the price it was some other time, like February as a reference point. But knowing that it's as good as any as a rough guide to which stocks have been sold down the most and which stocks can recover the most. Now, part of this, of course, is some stocks have had big share issues. And today I've listed the biggest share issues in the top 50 and then the top 200. And you can't imagine stocks getting back to where they were if they if they issued a lot more shares. So for instance, one person on trial yesterday asked us why Flight Center was not recovering as well. And Flight Center on this table has issued 77.5% more shares since February the 1st. Webjet, 81%. Sealink Travel, 110%. And there are a lot of REITs that have issued shares as well. And the banks, we have the NAB has issued 14% more shares. Bendigo, Adelaide Bank, 8% more shares. Qantas has issued 26% more shares. So you can have a look at those tables. Just bear in mind when you're talking about recovery to February levels, you have to bear in mind how many more shares are on issue in some stocks. So just taking that as read, these tables will tell you which stocks have the most recovery potential left. And of course, they drop into various sectors. The most recovery potential is clearly in REITs, real estate investment trusts, then energy, insurance, travel, banks, gambling, then aged care, interest rate sensitive stocks, China exposed stocks, although they're not really a vaccine beneficiary. And coal is another sector doing its own thing at the moment. But those are some of the worst performing stocks since February and the ones with the most recovery potential. And the stocks with the least recovery potential appear to include buy now, pay later, iron ore, some resources stocks, a lot of good performers over the pandemic, defensive stocks, stay at home stocks like Domino's, for instance, or Kogan consumer staples and healthcare. Anyway, these tables will break it all down for you. If you're looking to get involved in the recovery and you're not fully involved yet, then this highlights where the recovery potential is. Although, as I say, at some point, the market is going to sober up. But for now, this recovery theme is what we're positioned for. We're gonna stay fully invested, running with the bulls until they change direction. And as I wrote yesterday, there's simply no point in predicting when they're going to stop running, when the market's going to top out. And if it does, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a short-term peak, not a long-term peak. But let's react to the peak. Let's not predict it. For now, all our portfolios are outperforming today. Tomorrow's another day. Let's just enjoy today. No need to be fiddling around too much.
In the technical observations today, there are only two buy signals. There were something like nine sell signals. Of those, they're all short-term sell signals, but of those in the short term, ResMed was an obvious one. It's clearly been a huge beneficiary of the pandemic and it's just peaking short term. And, and you might imagine that would be logical. Another one peaking is Medibank short-term stuff, and another one was Amcor, although the longer-term trend on Amcor is still pretty good, very much a short-term peak. Right, lastly, Omnitrader. I published a table yesterday in the strategy piece which showed a picture of our Omnitrader software, and we got lots of emails asking about what does that symbol mean, what does that symbol mean, what does that headline mean? So rather than explain it all here, I have put in the strategy piece today a very useful roundup of or links to various things that would be useful. I've tried to explain the table that we used yesterday using today's table and explain it. But really, it's of little use to you to know what our software is saying unless you actually have the software yourself. And if you have the software yourself, well, you're going to work it out, aren't you? I've actually published in the strategy piece today the user guide for Omnitrader. It's no use to you if you don't have Omnitrader, but all you need to do is read the index at the beginning and you're going to realize the sort of things that the software does. Most older investors use Metastock, which is a great charting and scanning and backtesting programmable software package. And it's been around forever. Omnitrader is an American piece of software. And as a later comer, if we can call it that, has incorporated the functionality of Metastock, but with better software, I think, prettier pictures, more functionality. And it includes a lot of stuff that we don't use, which allows us, for instance, if we were in America, to link to US brokers and monitor trades and trigger sales on technical criteria through the software. And it, in fact, automatically would trade for you if you're in the US. We don't use all that. We just use the charting and scanning. Maybe I should read the user manual myself. <laughs> Maybe there's all sorts of functionality. I'm sure there is that I haven't worked out yet on Omnitrader. But if you want to use Omnitrader, there is a fabulous guy, Michael Marks, who's the Australian distributor. I've got a picture of him in there. A, and I can tell you, I get no benefit out of this. He's a genuinely nice guy, old school, polite, very helpful. You can contact him on the link in the strategy piece. And also I've put in the strategy piece an article we've written some time ago about the best charting software with a lot of comments from members about what software they use. And there are a few free ones in there anyway. Go and have a look at the strategy piece today. Anyone who wants to get involved in charting software or wants to get Omnitrader, all the links you require are in the strategy piece today. Right, that's it. As I leave you, the market is slightly off the top, up 52, having been up 69. It looks like we ran into some profit taking for a moment there in travel and energy, but seems to be building up again. Other sectors doing well, by the way. Banks, they're all up another 2-3%. That's been a, a fabulous recovery just after we sold out of the banks, of course. But thankfully, we've put the money back into recovery sectors that have kicked the lights out even more than the banks in most cases. So that's been all good. And that's about that for today. Today is Archie's final VCE exam. Four kids done and dusted. Well done, Marcus and Emma. Unfortunately, there are 15 kids coming around to our house tonight. 
but it's probably worthy of celebration. I'll fill the esky up with Coronas and let them go. They deserve it. It's been a tough year for year 12, kids. And Archie has certainly worked hard, whatever the result. Right, you have a fabulous day, and I will speak to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.